When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to an emergency edition of the Manchester United Redcast um, on the day where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has bid a tearful farewell to, to Manchester United and to Old Trafford. Uh, we thought we'd come together uh, on, on just, a, just a special one this Sunday evening and, and chat about the good times and potentially the future and the shit show that we are currently enjoying. Uh, my name's Aaron Paul. Join, joining me this evening are um, uh, Chris Curley. Nice to have you back, pal. Nice to have you back. Nice to nice to be back, but I wish it was under better circumstances. Don't we all, mate. Uh, Don't obviously. Don't we all. And we've managed to borrow this guy out of his cave. It's his first appearance since Clayton Blackmore was a young man. Uh, it is <laughs> Andrew Mann. Andrew, the new Reading fan, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm off to Reading as we speak. Nice. <laughs> Going to sort them out. We're going to give them the six points back. <laughs> Do you know Reading's nickname? The Royals. No, their original nickname. Uh, the Super Royals. No, the Biscuit Men. Anyway, carry on. Biscuit uh, Men. Yeah. Do you know Huntley why? And Palmer's. Huntley and Palmer's. Why? Well, yeah, Huntley and Palmer's factory was in Reading. Go. I think I think we've lost all the United fans at this point. There yeah. we go. <laughs> Especially the American the ones. They're like, what the what the fuck are biscuits? Yeah. Man? They're, they're gone. You know what? I should have listened to the Athletic. Cookies, mate. Cookies. We're talking about cookies. Anyway, um, let's move on. Uh, this morning, I was very, very fortunate to have disrupt my 10.30 news bulletin on BBC Radio 5 Live with the news that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer had been relieved of his duties as Manchester United manager. Do you know what it felt like? It, this, the past 24 hours has felt like, you know, when you know a pet is dying and it's like, let's do it in the most humane way and just like put him to sleep and just sort of sit with him and give him the last, best last day ever. I mean, the best last day didn't quite work yesterday. We were dicked for one by Watford and Claudio Ranieri. Don't forget who relegated Fulham single-handedly. Yes, he won a Premier League, but, you know, he was embarrassed as Fulham manager. Anyway, we are beaten 4-1 by Watford. Bruno went over to the fans, um, pointed at the players. Fred... I don't know why Fred came over and pulled him away, but Ollie, it seemed basically it was done. It was done a couple of weeks ago after Liverpool, but you know, the Glazers um, and Woodward and Matt Judge and Richard Arnold and every other incompetent bastard in that boardroom have decided yeah. that enough is enough. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is no longer the Manchester United manager. Michael Carrick and Darren Fletcher are taking charge of the team, which is funny because it just shows that basically they had nothing planned. Um, and so, yeah, Michael, Flat, Michael, Michael Carrick, Darren Fletcher, uh, Mickey Phelan, Kieran McKenna, Fantastic. anyone else? Scoldy, Higgsy. Can I say, here's the interesting thing about that, because Mm. like reports were breaking this afternoon that actually the board and and Woodward offered Ollie the opportunity to improve his coaching team and said, listen, if you need to get somebody in, we'll get you somebody in. Don't worry about it. And then uh, because clearly, therefore, they think the coaching staff isn't right and isn't good enough and isn't doing the job that there needs to be done yet. So what they do today 
is they relieve Ollie of his duties, then ask the same coaching staff to look exactly. old, look after it all. Exactly. I mean, it's completely nuts. Like, surely, if they hadn't asked the coaching staff to take over, no one would take over. Who the hell would take over? Who would? Who's the senior figure? We can give to one matter till the end of the season. Like, who? Who else is there? Lee Grant, you know. Like, there is literally no one out there. It's baffling how United are in this situation now where there is there is literally no one. Yeah, yeah. Andrew? I mean... It just I, shows that we've, we've cut where we've, where we've actually come over the last... Since Ollie joined the, the madness, and as we all agreed, he was a yes man for the Glazers. And it just it, it proves that, I think, well, thinking back, I mean, I've listened to a lot of journalists today on Sky and stuff, making their points clear. And a lot of this does seem like brand saving uh, and nothing to do with the football, to be honest. Is that, I mean, I mean out, you know, I, I think, listen, we, I'm not going to slag Ollie off because I'm staying loyal to the man who gave me, um, the best night in my life, right? And I think that what was clear, and I was at the game, I was at the City game at Old Trafford at the Derby, and the atmosphere outside the ground wasn't good at all. It was very sombre, full of trepidation. I think everybody expected to get beaten, get beaten badly. What they didn't expect when they watched the game was the team to basically give up yeah. and not do anything. And I think at that point, I came out of the ground going, well, you know what? We've got two weeks. Now's the time. It's obvious to me. I was always Ollie in. I've been on here talking about Ollie in and culture and values. And, I'm, and I don't think we should get the first two years. And we can come on to that in a bit. Well, this season um, has just not gone well. He had a great start in terms of fixtures, the great signings. And for whatever reason in that dressing room, it's not worked. But what the board should have done was after City go, this isn't right, have two weeks to sort themselves out, sort out an interim position yeah. probably. Yeah. Because... What's happened now is he didn't need to go through that experience yesterday. He didn't need to get embarrassed like he was yesterday. We didn't need to see those players treat him with the disrespect that they did yesterday. The right thing to do would have been to let him go two weeks ago with some dignity. What they've tried to do today a lot with his social content thing is probably try and give him some dignity back. And, and he's left elegantly and he's left with decency because of the man that he is. And just shows to me that anybody's ire should not be directed at Ollie Solskjaer, even McKenna, Carrick, Phelan, all that mob shouldn't be directed to them at all. The real ire and focus should fully be on the charlatans that have run that club for the last eight years, that have owned it for the last 15 and purged it. And that is where our attention should be. That's where our anger should be. And that's anything that they do to kind of, give Ollie a moment or anything else like that is a distraction they're doing to take it, the pressure away from them. And that's the way we as United fans have not got an infight between each other about it and focus all our attention again on Glazers, on Woodward, on Arnold and go, what are you doing? Mm. Andrew? I don't, I'm still a miffed of how we actually ever thought that... Ollie came in, he brightened the club up because he, you know, after Mourinho, yeah, it was flat, wasn't it? You know, there was no, no one wanted Mourinho there. The, the football was pretty shit. Um, 
And, you know, he came back and gave us all a bit of a, a bit of hope. Uh, but, I mean, look at, you know, his past record, Mould, Cardiff City. He's hardly competing with your peps or, you know, or Tommy Turtle at Chelsea, you know? It's, it's, it's just like we're, set, we're second fiddle and we're supposed to be Manchester United. You know, we had Poch chance, didn't we? When was it? Two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if he waited for us, he waited for us. Yeah. 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 He was like the long lost lover, you know, just by waiting by the bus stop for the the car to come around the corner and it never come. Yeah. I've I've got a controversial point that I want to make. Okay. I love Oli. Like, I love him so much. Like, even watching that interview, that stupid interview that the club did, and it was stupid. It was fucking another cash for clicks thing where they're making money off people clicking on a video and a bit of social media. I was very emotional watching that, and it's been a depressing sort of 24 hours. Ollie was hired off of the back of us getting beaten 2-0 by Arsenal at Old Trafford, from what I remember. I think it was 2-0 or 2-1 we got beaten by Arsenal. The next day they announced him as our new manager. What I will never understand is they gave him the interim title. Why not carry that on until the end of the season and reassess it? Because from what I remember at the end of that season, we lost to Cardiff, who who were getting relegated on the last day. I don't know if anyone remembers the last day of the season. Anyone? Yeah, but that's right. There's a long tradition of United players under Ferguson switching off on the last day of the season. No, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Do you know what so our last seven results were on that season? That's not a reason. Oh, wait, wait, reason. wait. Arsenal away, we lost 2-0. We beat Watford yeah. at home by 2-1. We lost away to Wolves, 2-1. Okay. We beat yeah. West Ham at home, 2-1. 4-0, we lost away at Everton. We lost 2-0 at home to City. We drew 1-1 at home to Chelsea. We drew 1-1 away at Huddersfield, who had already been relegated. And we lost 2-0 at home to Cardiff, who had been relegated. Why didn't they carry him on till the end of the season and just say, right, Pochettino, Ten Hag, whoever we're going for, we're going to go for. That was two, three years ago. I'm not saying we've wasted three years because we haven't wasted three years. We've gone forward. But the last month and a half, two months, makes me feel that the problems are deeper. Aaron, no, no. See, I, I did. Can I? Can I just quickly jump in there, right? Because I think there's like some select, selective revision, revisionism going on about, and people have forgotten what it was like when Ollie took over the whole club. How toxic, how angry it was. They've forgotten, yeah. and they've forgotten about the whole culture of the last seven or eight years and what Ollie represented as to why he got us back, why the win in Paris was so important. For the last, for the first, in his first two full seasons, he finished sixth, he finished third, he finished second, he got to an FA Cup semi final, he got to a Europa League final up till end of last summer. That, from where we were, <clears throat> massive progress. He got rid of, he got rid of toxic players in Sanchez, in Lukaku, who wasn't good enough and doing it for us. He got, he got rid of um, and brought players in who have been better. He brought youth players in and, and supported them in terms of Greenwood and McTominay. I mean, Luke Shaw got better last season. He was the best left back, best player in the Euros. So, like, what's gone wrong is not necessarily, I think, to do with the last two years. It's what's gone with now and him having the skill set to take us beyond where we okay. where we need to go. I agree. I I agree to your, with your points to an extent. My point is that. The club had the option to carry on that interim period to this end of the season. They should have carried that out and sort of effectively done more due diligence. Let's be fair. They gave him the contract off the back of the PSG result. We all know that. 
But we went and got beaten by Arsenal. And we weren't beaten, like, you know, sort of lightly. We were embarrassed. We were very poor. What I feel with Oli is the highs have been high. The lows have been deep lows in terms of the losses. Now, going on to this season, everyone's talked about how he's got rid of the Deadwood. And I'll agree. I think there's still more Deadwood to go. But right Loads. now, Loads. people are talking about another rebuild. People are sitting there going, well, you're going to lose Lingard, Cavani, uh, Mata, yeah. all these players in the summer. Yeah, yeah. We've got so, a few midfielders. Pogba's on a go. Link, link, right? Should have bought three midfielders last summer. We've Absolutely. been on this podcast for three years talking about the midfield and how he needs people, right? The fact is, this is part of the problem why he's had a problem in the dressing room because there's five or six players there who aren't getting any game time and shouldn't play. Lingard, um, Mata, Bailly, I can, I can probably go on at the top of my head. Uh, Dallow is another one who wants to get rid of. They not couldn't one, sell. Not one, of, not one of those that you've mentioned is good enough to play for United. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, that's what I'm saying. But they're going to cause they're going to cause a problem if if the squad is too flabby. You've got people like Shortire, Hannibal, Alanga, who should be pushing that first team squad and be in it and on on the bench. Now the club, because the mismanagement of the football side of it, of getting players out, of giving them ridiculous contracts. Phil Jones is still there. Remember, survived another manager. He <laughs> would know. thrive and he would he would thrive in the apocalypse. Basically, <laughs> what what is happening? is that the football side of it, of getting the club, the players out who aren't good enough, as we've seen, mm. isn't as it is as caught up with everybody. It has caught up with everybody with having disgruntlement, uncertainty, gossiping. He's not good. Why has he not picked me? Why has he not done this? That's all happened. And that's something's gone on in that dressing room. Jesse Lingard went out on loan a year ago so he could get some transfer value. That felt like the smart thing to do. His career at Old Trafford was done. He played in the Derby away, kept giving the ball away. He had all his chances. He was done. He was 28, right? He came back in the summer. Jesse Lingard didn't want to move. Because he's got a big contract, yeah. right? And if he wanted to move, he could have moved, but he didn't. Yeah, they didn't get him out and take an offer and cut their losses. Paul Pogba would have gone two years ago if the yeah. pandemic hadn't happened. Yeah. Now he's still there, seeing out his contract. The biggest thing I've, the biggest criticism I've got of Oli in terms of the, uh, the the management of the players is that it was clear to don't come out and tell me you don't need a midfielder when in the biggest game you've had in the Europa League, you have to force Pogba to play out on the left. So you can get him in the team, and you have to play McFred, who aren't good, who aren't good enough to win trophies consistently. No. They'll no. be all right in a squad rotation, but they're not never, never, never first choice good enough no. for Man United. And Pogba's position on the left pisses off Rashford, pisses off Greenwood because yeah. they have to do other things. Bringing Sancho in and not playing him on the right because Pogba's on the left and everyone's got to be accommodated. Now that's what I've got a problem with Oli in the summer and addressing that issue and not well not addressing that issue. Yeah. In terms of the football side of things. So, you know, that that is just and that is probably his inexperience. That is probably the players going, well, you know what? yes. I, I don't I don't I think but you, all right then here's my question. If he's tactically naive, his his results in the first two seasons, two and a half seasons, when he beat Pep quite often and he beat Pochettino and he won a lot of big games, was he tactically naive then? He had the number. Do you know the difference for me is is that they are forward-thinking. They're moving forward quicker than he is. But when he, he beat them, was he, tactic- was he tactically naive? When he beat them, was he tactically naive? When he, when he, when he beat them, yeah. right, was he, was he tactically naive? Well, no, but they've just moved on past him. Well, I, have they, they were still winning. 
They were still winning. Let me say something. The reason Guardiola, why the reason Watford beat Manchester United yesterday is because they watched the Liverpool game, the 90 minutes of the Liverpool game, and go, lads, this is how we do it. Yeah. At the end of the day, he it something just didn't click. A lot of people are pointing fingers at Ronaldo saying that last season, sort of the fast build-up, the pace, the injection, you know, that's it's it's had to change that's, to accommodate someone like Ronaldo. That, I've watched them live in the ground this season, right? Quite a few times. And at Villarreal and Atlanta, Atalanta, particularly. They're not doing the basics. As a player, professional player, they're not running. They're not winning second balls. They're not tackling. They're not aggressive. That's yeah. the first thing they're just not doing. When they're not doing that and they're losing everything, they've lost all confidence in how to pass to each other and what everybody should be doing. Aaron, I've seen Aaron Wambasaka run around in the 360 degree as a right back, not knowing what he's going to do. And yeah. Rafa Varane staring at him, shouting at him, pulling him into position. Yeah. He hasn't got a clue. I've seen Diego Dallo, everybody run past him like he's a traffic cone, yeah. right? He's not good enough. Some of them aren't good enough. What Ollie's got, and I think will be proved by someone who comes in, has has laid a foundation of a, of a good squad that I think is two signings away from uh, winning a league title. And someone with a tactical acumen who the players will believe and trust on that basis by putting the right people in the right position will benefit from that. Would Would Ronaldo be in that team? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes, right. Ronaldo is the greatest goal scorer that yeah. the world has ever seen in this century. Yeah, right. Everybody else has to like check their ego and go, all right, I'm running for him to make him score goals. Because if he scores goals, we win matches. Yeah, yeah. And so we, ha- we you've got to accommodate that. Now, he hasn't done it because, again, all his criticism this season is he hasn't been ruthless enough in his team selection. He gave Greenwood too many games after the Leicester game when he was terrible. He scored yeah. a great goal, but he was hopeless in every other way. Right? He's not been ruthless enough with his team selection. Cavani comes in against Tottenham and everyone's aggressive and everyone's at it because he, he yeah. that's his game. That's what, that's what he, does. he brings to the table, isn't it? That's what he brings, right? So in that regard, Ollie's <clears> got <throat> criticism for not being able to manage these big name players who have lost a lot of confidence in themselves, in their mentality, because they failed in the FA Cup semi-final. They failed in the Europa League final because they didn't have the attitude to win. Was he too nice <laughs> in general, though? I think being too nice and decent isn't going to... Get you. I watched Succession. You watch Succession? There's a line in it where um, where uh, uh, Kendall Roy, the son, is talking to Logan Roy, the dad, and who's going to take over? And um, Brian Cox, who plays Ken, uh, who plays Logan Roy, says to him, "Son, you're not a killer, and you have to be a killer. If you're going to run it, that's what you've got." And he's not that. He hasn't got that. All you've got is Solskjaer. Probably make a very good director of football, but when you've got to be ruthless enough for you for yourself. And for the team, this season, with the tools at his disposal, he hasn't done it. And the board haven't got rid of the players they should have got rid of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about who potentially could be taking over from Solskjaer in the not-too-distant future. This is the Manchester United Redcastle back on the other side. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, 
check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the Manchester United Redcast. This is an emergency broadcast. Uh, please do not leave your homes. Um, not adjust your set. Yeah, do not adjust your set. Um, we're, we're talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after he was relieved of his duties as Manchester United manager, uh, Michael Carrick and Darren Fletcher are taking charge for the foreseeable, if you like. Um, so I thought I'd take this opportunity to jump on a couple of um, betting websites and just see what the sort of odds are and the numbers. Um, Brendan Rodgers is the favourite at 72, and we'll come and talk about him in a minute. Oh, I want to go through some of the other names. Zinedine Zidane, 5-1. to one. Pochettino, 6-1. to one. Ten Hag, 8-1. to one. Ralph Rangnick, 17-2. A lot of people have been you know, doing a lot of YouTube homework and are going, oh, yeah, get Ralph Rangnick and it'll be great. It'd actually be quite fun, I think, personally. Um, whether it be... What price, go on. What price is Big Sam? Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't jump the gun yet. Oh. Don't jump the gun yet. I'm coming to it. I want to get on quick. I want to get okay. on quick before it changes. I'm coming to it. Uh, Larry White's in at 10-1. to 1. Yeah. Luis yeah, Enrique at 16 to 1. Simeone at 20 to 1. He'd be my favourite. Uh, Graham <sighs> Potter is at 25 to 1. Gareth Southgate, 33 to 1. Uh, he shares 33 to 1. Wait, he shares 33 to 1 with three other people. Yeah? I will make a very good Gareth Southgate case. I will make a very good one. Julian Nagelsmann. He's Darren Fletcher at 33 to 1. Oh. And a certain... Wayne Rooney at 32 yeah, to 1. I've heard that. I've heard um, that. Hold on. Is the same price as England's greatest manager since Alf Ramsey? Yeah. That's nuts. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't see Terry Venables on the list. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Aaron, 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 the only one you've missed off is Steve Bruce. <laughs> Mate, well, I'm getting to him. Wait. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm getting to him. Moyes is in at 40 to 1. Moyes hey. in at I'm going to ask you a question about him as well in a bit. Max Allegri, 50 to 1. Steve Bruce, 50 to 1. <laughs> Rafa Benitez, 50 to 1. Arsene Wenger, 50 to 1. Didier Deschamps, 50 to 1. Wait for it. It gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Roy Keane, 50 to 1. And then it gets hey. even better. Cristiano Ronaldo, 50 to 1. <laughs> Hansi Flick, 50 to 1. Mike Phelan, also 50 to 1. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. It gets better again. It gets better. It gets better. Lee Clark. Do you remember him? Lee Clark? Yeah, yeah. Played for Newcastle. Former Newcastle, Fulham, former Huddersfield and Birmingham manager. Yeah, 50 probably. to 1. Yeah. In at 66 what? to 1, we've got... Has Lee Clark, Clark done that book? Has he Lee Clark done that book? To put him on that I have no Why? idea. This is list. hilarious, though. It is hilarious. In at 66 to 1. So in at 60 to 1, we've got Mickey Phelan and Unai Emery. 66 yeah. to 1, we've got Butt, Bielsa, Ancelotti, Paolo Fonseca, Ernesto Valverde. Andrea Pirlo, Phil Neville, and Dennis Irwin. Yeah. <laughs> if we want to go further down the list, 
A, uh, a return for Jose's in at 100 to 1. Pep Guardiola's 100 to 1. Harry Redknapp is in at 100 to 1. Did anyone see him on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, by the way? No. no. Uh, Chris Tarrant asked him, who played John Rambo, the US SEAL John Rambo in five films? And it was a toss-up between Bruce Willis and Sylvester Stallone. And he went Bruce Willis. <laughs> how, how, what price is Eamon Holmes? Eamon, Eamon Holmes, well, since he's got the GB News, it's 10,000 to 1. Um, Chris Wilder's at 425 to 1. Sam Allardyce at 251. Gerald at 251. Skulls at 251. Mark Hughes at 150 to 1. John Terry and Neil Warnock share 500 to 1. And for me, I think Neil Warnock to the end of the season would just be hilarious. It would be funny. <laughs> it would be comedy. I mean, that just that list, all that list says to me is nobody has a Scooby-Doo, which is a bit no like one. the board. No one. No yeah. one has a Scooby-Doo. If, I, mean, there, if I look at a, a list which is a bit more concise, Rogers again, is the favourite favorite follower by Michael Carrick. Why? I don't understand why. I, 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 I was going to come on to it. Guys, Brendan Rogers, discuss. <laughs> I can understand why. Let me let me put let me try and explain, Drew, why I think Rogers is in that in that uh, scheme of things. One, yeah. he's uh, culturally a manager that the club will like in the tradition of being respectful. He doesn't cause too much trouble, all that kind of stuff. Two, yes, he, he he's in, he's improved youth structures at Leicester and at Celtic and Liverpool by when he brought players through like Raheem Sterling at the time and people like that and Flanagan. And when he was at Celtic, he won trophies. So he's got a track record of winning trophies. His football is pretty attractive. He's overachieved with probably that Leicester squad in many ways. And the style of football he's got and the players that he's used are very, I mean, they beat us 4-1, wasn't it? 4-2, 4-1. Um, but the, the style of players and the system that he plays would suit our existing clientele without having to make five or six changes. You could totally see in a 4-3-3 or a 3-4-3, or our squad adapting in a Rodgers way of playing football. You could see it. And I think that's why he's on the list. I think he's on the list because he's probably the best British candidate as well. And they, I think they're probably a bit xenophobic <laughs> about going for another. I, uh, you have seen less than this season, have yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, I saw Leicester last season and they were great. And, what and about this you know, they should have been in the top four. And the year before that, they were great and should have, should have finished in the top four. But they failed at the end. But this season, they haven't been so well. They've missed Johnny Evans at centre-half. They've missed people coming back. Jamie Yatvardi's a year older. You know, you could argue that Brendan Rodgers is as peaked. They won the FA Cup with Tielemans, remember, in the summer. Right. So, well, beating City. Well, so, like, you know, he's as far as the best British co- the best coach outside of the top four, then he's on that list and you're going to look at him. Would I go for him? No, I would not. But to explain why he's there, that's why I think he's he won there. won two games in nine. They're as bad as us. Yeah, precisely. That's what I think. Right now, but you're going to... Well, in that case, though, I, but by someone who's just won the last few games and we're going to hire them, is that the logic and ar- logical argument to what we should get? No, no, I, I, no. I, I, think, I think Brendan Rodgers, if he was working for any other club, I think he would have been out the door by now. I think they've looked really poor. Defensively, they're in the same position as us. We're getting slated their front and centre for shipping goals. They've shipped as many, they've shipped the same amount of goals as us. The yeah, they have. They missed out. I tell you what, they've missed Ndidi massively because he's been out for two and a half months, three months. We missed Rafa Trials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. And he's uh, but they've missed Ndidi in but by because he patrols that back four and stops people getting at uh, Schmeichel. They've had trouble with their fullbacks. They've had to rotate for injury because they've missed Justin out and Castagne for a time. So they've had problems at the back, which have probably let them leak goals. Now, I'm not making... I'm saying that's why he's on the list. 
I'm not saying we should go for him at, at all because I don't think he's right. And I think his Liverpool history rules him out precisely, for me. Precisely. So like, but that's why he's on the list. And I think as the days moved on, it it feels like United have narrowed it down to Pochettino and Ten Hag. And then it's a case of, well, when can we get them? And how do we get them? Mrs. Mrs. Zidane, they can't give her enough shopping vouchers at the Trafford Centre for her to move. Shutting her down the Armdale, innit? In it. So like, you know, for oh. me, it looks like Pochettino and Zidane are emerging as we speak tonight as the front contenders, but both are Pochettino in Ten Hag or Pochettino and Zidane? Pardon? What's my choice? You know, you just said you said Pochettino and Ten Hag, then you said Pochettino and Zidane. So I meant Pochettino and Ten Hag. Right. Uh, Z- Z- Mrs. Zidane, we know, doesn't want to move because I think that's who Joel Glazer wants on the poster. Joel to, Glazer. To sell stuff. Um, so, like, and that, and we're, you know, we're back to where we were two years ago with Pochettino. It might change after the Champions League group stages. Zidane says the rumors about Zidane is he's waiting to go back to Paris at PSG. So, like, that suddenly makes it quite good as Gary Neville said this afternoon on Sky Sports you offer Pochettino a five-year contract to come to Old Trafford with your own people maybe he'll come Paris Saint-Germain is Messi really into it Xavi's gone back to Barcelona and Bappe says he's going to Real Madrid you know Neymar would rather be in Brazil at a carnival it's (laughs) you know not a competitive league what's really in it for him if he's got that opportunity Is is it now the time to jump and take that Offer that Ferguson took him out to dinner for? You know, it feels I'd, like... I'd, lo- I'd love to see it. The possibility. I think he'd be brilliant. And I think truly, if you look at Spurs and the issues they're suffering from now, they are suffering because Daniel Levy never backed Pochettino for two, three windows. When they should have gone and signed players. And the players he wanted were Anthony Martial, Danny van der Beek, and people like that. So he likes a lot of our squad. Okay. Already. Question. Question, Drew. If Pochettino, you know, we have to wait for him to the end of the season. Who are we getting in in the interim? Well, the, I think they're, they're going to stick with the comedians we've got now, aren't they? It's just going to get worse. They can't. It, who the hell would take an interim job? Someone yeah, exactly. out of Avram Grant. You always used to have goose hitting or time. Do you know what I would have loved to have seen? Imagine if Louis van Gaal hadn't taken Netherlands' job. To see him just go, it's me, Louis. And you would have been like, mate, he's back. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They can't afford, like, Villarreal on Tuesday night's massive for the Champions League. You know, the, the word is that the Glazers, the mediocrity from the Glazers' performance on the football pitch is now catching up with them financially on top of the pandemic. I don't think they can really want to afford to miss out on Champions League football next year. Ronaldo doesn't want to play in Europa League this year. Tuesday night's massive. You know, in terms of young boys could be massive. Q, Drew, I set you up there, Drew. Do you want to take that line? Young, no, no, massive no, no, young no, boys. For the old young boys one. All right, fine, good, good. And so, you know, we, <laughs> this is a really delicate time. Uh, it, it, the top three are very clear. Look at the results this weekend of what Chelsea did and what City did and what Liverpool did. They put those three teams away like conclusively that's the top three of the top four positions gone there's one place left yeah so like i don't you're going to give up the season now seven months in lampard got sacked a month later and Tuchel came in and won the champions league i don't think we can write off this season and they've got to sort it out they've got to ring pochettino up after the champions league now and go it's your job five-year contract if that's who you want and make him walk out of paris yeah that's what that's what's got to happen 
I think, if that's what they want. Yeah. Roy Hodgson is available. Roy, Roy Hodgson. <laughs> yeah. The singing yeah. squirrel. Mate, you, who do you, look at who some of the names available, and they're, they're funny. Obviously, you've got yeah. the internet, the A-list. There's Lucien Favre. Um, is it Favre or Favre? Favre, isn't it? Lucien Favre. Um, Zinedine doesn't like the Arndale Zidane. Ernesto Valverde. Andrea Perlo. Paolo Fonseca. Go on. Can you tell me about Ten Hag, Aaron? Is yes. Ten Hag the right person? Ten Hag. Uh, if we can get a buy one, get one free with Big Ed as well, because <laughs> we need Big Edwin. Yeah. We're gonna, and, and with Ten Hag, in my opinion... It will it will take some time to adjust to his system and adjust to everything. Yeah, that's the problem. That's it, my worry. That's my worry about him. About I think he's like, yeah, well, the, but particularly at least Pochettino knows the league. He, he's he's been here. He's been successful in it. He knows the players. He knows who he's playing up against. That's something. Ten Hag, it's all new, and he's like the artist and coffee choice. Chris, he's been successful. What do you mean? Well, I think you can argue after being at Tottenham, he overachieved at Tottenham. He got Tottenham from after selling Gareth Bale and turning those bad players he bought into decent players. They should have won the league the, the year Leicester won it. He brought through Harry Kane from the U team, or Tim Sherwood takes some credit, and he got them to a Champions League final. And so, like that is that is, Tottenham has never been anywhere near that level of success in twenty five years, really. No, and, he was so, and when he was going to go forward, and when they were going to invest and take forward, and he said he needed to refresh that team because the cycle of that team for three or four years were kind of waning. They didn't back him. Mm. So I think he's been successful. When Guardiola got the Barcelona job, he'd run the reserves. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, but you they had an infrastructure. We're run by clowns. So you just. Yeah. You well, just I think Oli, hasn't Oli done a lot in terms of putting in an infrastructure? In terms of the youth team is, is better, the youth team is, is getting into the first team squad. Isn't that better? Yeah, I think the type of players we've bought better. You, you said before, look at all those. You know, Elanga and all those. They're not, they, they, you know, if, if we're playing as shit as that we are, why are they not getting chances? You well, know, the squad's too big, it's too flabby, and they didn't get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. They did, that, that's why. I mean, there's no place on the bench for them. I mean, does no one else, apart from us three, see that Fred's the worst Brazilian football you've ever seen? I know there's a few. We had another one, Cleberson. I mean, Cleberson yeah, well, was pretty yeah. bad when he was us. Yeah. But he yeah. makes and Anderson look like fucking Pelé. Oh, Anderson. No, there's another He's one. Got, Anderson's got five um, Premier League medals, so you know what you can game. show them. To, if you show, you can show them to Steven Gerrard on Zoom from prison. Sacks, mate. I swear, I mean, you just see some of the random names. Paul Dickov is available. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I heard somebody suggest Mark Robbins doing such a good job at Coventry City. He's doing a very good job he there. Save Fergie's that. legacy all over again. That's it. Um, yeah. Chaps, we've got a minute left, um, so I'm going to ask very quickly, who's going to be the permanent manager of Manchester United, and will it be now or at the end of the season? Chris Curley. Uh, for me, once the Champions League group games are done in a couple of weeks' time, they'll make a big move for Pochettino, and it'll be Pochettino. Five-year deal. Andrew? I'm thinking Pochettino, and that's who I'd probably like out of them all. Um, but I can see us getting our ass whooped on Tuesday. That wasn't the question, but sounds good. Uh, my bet is Neil Warnock to the end of the season, and then we're doing a <laughs> six-year deal. Uh, there you have it. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate your time this evening. This is the Manchester United Redcast. We'll see you when we see you, I guess. Yeah. Bye-bye. This is a Playback Media production.
Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.